Hello, everybody. Uh, Heather here. I'm missing my co-host, Bruce Pulver, who won't be able to join us today. He's been taking over for me for the last few weeks. I had a few things going on, uh, and I've been missing all of you and talking, um, unpacking the words that Bruce and I come up with uh, to talk about on our podcast, Can I Have a Word With You? So uh, I have been gone for the past few weeks. My son got married uh, back here in Illinois, and then I drove my daughter across the country from Illinois to Las Vegas about two days later. So, you know, just a couple things going on, and Bruce is doing some similar stuff, um, helping his kids move, and uh, so I told him I would take care of this one today. So the word that uh, I want to unpack with you today is the word impact. And the reason I chose that word, I'm really excited to talk about this actually, although I really, I would much rather Bruce be on here with me because doing this on my own is a little bit, uh, a lot more pressure, I guess. I like to talk with people. That's my personality is if, if you haven't been able to tell already. So again, the reason I chose the word impact is because I have a book that has been in the works for over a year actually and it's called embracing the impact of cancer and it was just released last week uh went amazon uh bestseller internationally and nationally uh last week and i'm so excited about it because it's not just a book about my story my cancer story so some of you listeners may or may not uh have heard me talk about my leukemia journey so we're in uh, talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but the book is about um, how even though cancer is bad, it will never be good. No kind of cancer is good, but the impact it has in our lives can be good or bad, depending on how we respond to the, the news and the health crisis and the things that come with cancer that are just overwhelming sometimes. How we respond is what makes it um, something that can be impactful in a good way in our life. It, it impacts us one way or another, I guess. But if we can use it for good and make have a positive impact on not only allow it to have a positive impact on our life, but also a positive impact on those around us. Um, it's I utilized that opportunity when I had cancer in 2015, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And one of the things that is, uh, I don't know, significant for me in my mindset and how I handled that with God's help, first and foremost, is that um, I started blogging and writing about not just my cancer to update people on the status of my cancer, which was how the blog started, but it eventually morphed into something that was that talked about the status of my soul. And as I continued to write and release those blogs, people would tell me that they were encouraged by them in their own lives. And the thing I think is significant is that when I put those blogs together, I, I think the first book that I released is called Soul Selfie. Just the idea that you're turning the camera back around on yourself and worrying about what's going on here instead of minding everybody else's business. Not that I never do that anymore, but that my primary focus is on me and how um, and what God needs to do in me first and foremost. And uh, when I started writing about this, these ideas, 
Um, I noticed recently when I looked at my first book, because I have um, two books now, but the first book is the first 120 blogs that I wrote during my cancer battle. And then the second book is Soul Selfie Hashtag No Filter. And it's the second chunk of blogs, 120 blogs that I wrote, um, kind of the aftermath. But not most of it is not about cancer. The times where I was going through things with cancer, it was about that. But a lot of times it's just about what I struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis, just like all of you. But the first entry in my first book is dated. I left the dates in those. So the first entry is dated March 29th. And if I recall, uh, I was a little sedated at the time, but I, I, was, I woke up in ICU on March 3rd. So that was all the time that I waited. And I think I was writing in between there also, but that was the first one that was publishable, I guess, or one that, that anyone else would want to read. And I, the significance is that I did not know at that time if I was even going to live through leukemia. I just decided that with whatever time I did have, I was going to use it for something good to help me get better and to help other people potentially learn and grow from some of the stuff that I was going through. I talk about all the time, you've probably heard me say this more times than you wish you had on this podcast, but uh, the idea that we go through what we go through so we can help others get through what we went through. And that's a biblical principle. It's kind of a paraphrase of another scripture that talks about how, which is actually harder to say than that, if you can imagine, but it says, God comforts us in all our affliction so that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we have received from God. So, uh, you know, like I said, my paraphrase is we go through what we go through so we can help others get through what we went through. So I have spent the last, see, I was diagnosed in 2015. So ever since then, I've been writing and sharing my journey, no matter where I'm at. Um, I've been through a lot of things, just like all of you have been through many trials and um, trauma and drama in your world. And I try to share my struggles and share what I'm learning in real time. In my past life, I would share in hindsight. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I would, you know, I would struggle with being impatient or um, being frustrated in my marriage or with my kids. And I would kind of take care of it under the radar. And then once things got better, then I would talk about it. And it was like, well, ta-da, I'm all better now. And what that led to was a lot of mm, posturing, I guess, to make myself look like I had things all together because I'd already fixed it all. Nobody worry about me. I'm already fixed. And today, I, when I am struggling with forgiveness or unforgiveness and resentments, I try to sit down and write about those things and share it out loud with other people so that you know that you're not alone in your struggles and that you're not the only one. You know, my both of my books, they, I mean, I could have kept those chapters to myself because they're kind of a journal. I start talking to myself, then I'm talking to God, and then by the end of it, I'm talking to all of you. I can't help myself. <laughs> I've tried, but I just can't stop myself from sharing it because I think you need to know that you're not the only one who struggles with comparison and um, competitive feelings or envy or jealousy or um, control, 
uh, or resentment, all the things that we don't like to talk about that we, that often check our serenity through any given day. So um, something in my eye. <laughs> uh, I continue to write so that the impact of what I went through is something that is positive. This weekend, I'm actually getting ready to speak at a cancer survivorship event here in Springfield. And it's for anyone in the whole area. So if you're around here, it's at the YMCA downtown from 9 to 1 o'clock, I believe. So come on down. Um, I'm going to open us up by talking about the impact that we can have on the world if we use our stories for something good. And the main focus is going to be about using your story wherever you're at, no matter how broken or messed up or fearful or angry you are, that starting today, your story can be significant to someone else. We go through what we go through so we can help others get through what we went through. And we can't help others get through their trials if we're not willing to talk about and share um, what we're learning, what we're experiencing in our own. Um, it requires some vulnerability, obviously. And some people say, oh, I'm just too private. But you know what? God has given you some gifts as you've gone through some of these um, experiences. And, you know, I love one of the things they talk about in the big book um, of Alcoholics Anonymous. They talk about how perhaps our darkest past can be the key to life and health and recovery for someone else. That we have to be willing to share the places that we struggle so that other people can learn and grow from them and maybe some of their pain can be alleviated. Um, I love this illustration that I, a few years ago, I was listening to a speaker on my iPad or my iPod, which I don't even know. I'm sure it wasn't a podcast. I don't think they had many podcasts back in the time I was listening to this, but nevertheless, I was listening to this speaker and he was talking about how um, he was at this college where he was teaching one of the, uh, the faculty needed a new biology teacher and would he fill in? And he's like, well, I don't know anything about biology at all. They're like, it's okay. We're desperate. So he agreed to do it. So what he would do is every night he would go home and study for the next day's lesson. And then he would go to class the next day and teach it as if he'd known this information for years. So one day after class, some young enamored girl came up and said, oh, you know, that was so amazing. I just wish that I knew as much about biology as you do. And he said, he thought to himself, well, tomorrow you will. And that's what I think that that's all that's required of us is not that we have all the answers, but do we have a few more answers than maybe someone else does? That's a day behind us. You don't have to be cured. You don't have to be cured from cancer. You don't have to be cured from your issues with envy. You don't have to be cured from your issues with control. But maybe you're a few days ahead of someone else who's just a hot mess. They don't know where to turn. They don't have any tools. They don't have any guidance. They don't know who to talk to. And they're feeling alone and desperate and ready to just give up. And your story, regardless of where it is, on this continuum of life matters to someone else. So I can't wait to 
unpack that this weekend with um, a large group of people who are either in uh, struggling with cancer now, struggling, or maybe they have lost a loved one to cancer or they come out the other side. But I also want you to hear this because whether you have cancer or whether you're struggling with an addiction or a wayward child or a you know frustrating marriage, um, maybe you're feeling lonely, maybe your friends aren't the kind of friends you thought they were, there's so many things that we struggle struggle with in any given day. And I hope that you will choose to use your story um, to learn and grow and let God redeem it by letting him use what he's teaching you, use how he's comforted you, share those uh, stories with someone else so that they can feel like there's hope. And that's why I write anything at all. That's why I continue to write. Um, that's why the authors of this book, Embracing the Impact of Cancer, again, cancer is bad, never going to be good, but they're willing to look within themselves and find, look, admit that there have been some positive things that have come out of their trauma. And we can do that. That's a mindset that we all can choose to have no matter what we're going through. So I hope if you're listening today, no matter what you're struggling with, you'll understand that there is that you're not alone in your struggles. There's always hope and there's always someone else out there who needs to hear your story. Your story matters and you may not want to talk about your story ever again. I've had someone say that I don't want to talk about that. You may not want to talk about it, but we need you to. It can be the difference between life and death for someone else. We need to hear your story. And really, to be honest, you do need to share your story because it's part of who you are. We can't just not talk about it and assume it's going to go away. Uh, so that is my little uh, unpacking the impact of cancer. I hope that you'll go on Amazon and check out that book because that book is really designed to give encouragement and hope to someone else who is in any way um, on that cancer journey path. And there are people left and right getting diagnosed with this disease. So a lot of times as a person who doesn't have cancer, you might think, well, I have no idea what to say. Well, as a person who's had it, I would say that it's important you say something because saying nothing communicates uh, a lot as well. And it is hurtful to the people on the other side. But one of the things you can do is pick up a copy of this book and say, look, I don't know what you're going through, but here's a, here are 15 stories of people who have been there and can speak some encouragement to you. And then you just give them a book. So I think it's a beautiful way. That was the whole point of why I, I went down this road um, is because I wanted to not only give you a tool to use to encourage someone else, but also to allow some other people who have stories to tell the opportunity to put their story out there. And it's been, you can go on my um, Facebook page and watch some of the interviews of some of the authors. It's just been awesome to see how they have, how it has impacted them and how they've chosen to use it for some really good things and have done you know, some of them have written books or started organizations, but some of them, it's just been a mindset shift of 
becoming more grateful for everything in their life and seeing things through a different lens than they did beforehand. So check that out, watch the interviews, grab a copy for a friend or family member who has been diagnosed. Um, I love the cover of the book. I have to shout out to my daughter, Emma, because she uh, designed it. It's purple, which is the universal cancer ribbon color, which I did not know until I started exploring that. So that was good to learn. It has a picture of silhouette of people embracing on the front and she just did a beautiful job. I love the cover of it. So, and then all the authors are listed on the back. About half of them are from Springfield area. And then the others are from different states, uh, people that I was connected to through mutual friends who knew people had a story to share. So check that out. Uh, let's see, I think that's all I have to say. Uh, remember to go check out um, heathercarterwrites.com to read my blog posts. They're all on there by category. So if you're struggling with anything like control, resentment, forgiveness, um, comparison, if you go to browse the blogs by topic, then you can just click on those and read everything I've ever written about those topics. There's some of them. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> when you look up ones like resentment and forgiveness, for example, those are kind of some of my signature sins that tend to haunt me. So um, check those out. You might feel some encouragement there too. That's why I keep writing uh, to continue to embrace the impact of cancer. This is where it led me. Uh, and remember to check out Bruce's, Bruce has a great Facebook page too, it's Bruce Pulver, but he has, um, he does a walk and talk every Saturday and unpacks a word while he's taking a walk. That's way, I'm just sitting here in my nice room. Oh, by the way, did you notice that I'm in like a, a cuter area because my internet keeps going wonky in the basement where I have my little podcast thing set up. So now I'm in a different room in my house. So I don't know. You'll have to tell me which one I should use, but um, I didn't want to try to re-record this if I if it kind of started getting glitchy. So anyway, I will shut up now. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And um, possibly next time I'm back on here, Bruce will be with me and we can pick up and start uh, unpacking some things together. So have a great day, everybody.